good? All right. Did you bring your Bibles with you? Or? All right. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Well, I like that. I like that song. That's good. It's power of God on that. Philippians 4, 4. You all doing okay? Everybody all right? Good. Notice Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And uh, by the Holy Spirit, he says to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. And this is, uh, we're going to be talking about joy today. Um, and, and doing the series on Philippians on Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about joy as we study the book of Philippians. When he told them to rejoice in the Lord always, there was no hypocrisy in the statement that he made to them. No hypocrisy at all. And if you realized how, I mean, you know what I mean, hypocrisy. Like if I don't have any joy at all, and I tell you to have joy... I'm being a what? Hypocrite. Well, if you realized how the church in Philippi got started, Paul, the Apostle Paul and Silas, his traveling partner, had gone to that region at the direction of the Holy Spirit and uh, ministered to some folk and whatnot. And then in the process of time, Paul casts a demon out of a, of a, a damsel, a, a girl there, who was a fortune teller, and the people got all upset. Some of the people got all upset. And Paul and Silas got thrown into prison. And in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas are rejoicing and singing hymns to God. And they'd been placed in the dungeon, the worst part of the prison, and they did something good. They cast the devil out of a, of a person that wanted to be free. You'd think everybody would be rejoicing about that, but they weren't. And, as, and so they got beat up and thrown into the prison there in Philippi, into the worst part of it, the dungeon of the prison. And at midnight, instead of crabbing and complaining, they were rejoicing and singing hymns to God. And... An earthquake hit that prison. It didn't hit anywhere else. It just hit the prison. And everybody, the chains that were on all the prisoners came loose. The prison doors were open. Everyone was miraculously set free in the prison. None of them ran off. The warden of the prison came rushing in to see what was going on. And he said to Paul and Silas, because he, he was all shook up, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That means miss hell and make heaven. What do I have to do? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved and your household. If they believe they'll, on, on Jesus, they'll be saved too. And so the warden got saved. His, his family got saved. I personally believe the... All the prisoners got saved. 
And that great Philippian church was born, and the warden became the pastor of that church. And the church in Philippi was started supernaturally by the hand of God. Of all the churches that I, that I know anything about that's ever been started, this one is perhaps the most supernaturally of all. Supernaturally done. God, a, a great move of God. And it was because, well, that was the will of God. That's what God wanted. But Paul and Silas were singing and rejoicing to God in the midnight hour instead of crabbing and complaining. But that's how that church got born. That's how it, that's how it, it came into existence. Think about that. And the warden became the pastor. And they, they had their church members already, all the prisoners. <laughs> and the... Because they didn't run away. How do I know that those prisoners got saved? Because of a prisoner, if you lose a prisoner and he's not saved, what's he going to do? <laughs> run. And then the warden's family and some of those other people that Paul had ministered to prior there in Philippi prior to getting thrown into jail. They, they, were, they became members of this church. And this church became Paul's main partner in helping him finance the ministry that God called him to in spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? This church became Paul's main partner in helping him finance his ministry in spreading the gospel because some of those folks there that had gotten saved before he got thrown into prison were, were wealthy folk. How many of you know it does take money to preach the gospel? I mean, to, to, to do it the way Paul was doing it on a, on a worldwide scale. Now, do you think that he was thinking about all of this when he was in the dungeon in the midnight hour? I don't think so. You really have to think about this. He did something good. He ca- he'd been going around preaching the gospel. He cast a demon out of a fortune teller. Now he's beat up and he's thrown in the prison. I don't know about you, but I might have been thinking, why, did I, why, why, am, why am I going around preaching the gospel? Why, why, why am I going about doing good? Why, why am I, I mean, all I do is good and I get beat up and I'm thrown here into, into the dungeon. But he made a decision to rejoice in the Lord. And as a result, God had something good planned for the prisoners, the warden, the warden's family, those people in that area. And God had Paul on his mind because God was going to use the very thing that beat him up, essentially, and lock him up to provide for him moving forward. Isn't that something? And notice in, and, and I'll just, notice in Philippians 1.12, you're there in Philippians 4.4, 4, but look at Philippians 1.12, uh, go there real quick. Notice what he writes here. He says in Philippians 1.12, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the what? For the furtherance of the gospel. Do you see that? 
I want you to know, brethren, the things which happened to me actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul got beat up and all of that. I've already told you all that. All those things happened to him and it furthered the gospel, didn't it? It caused a church to be born. It caused Paul to be provided for and supplied for as he went out preaching the gospel. God can use things that we don't even think that he could use to supply for us and help us. Like, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, think about this. Who would have thought that that warden is going to be a pastor? Who would have thought that those prisoners are going to be part of this Philippian church? Who would have thunk that? Who would have thought that? But Paul made the decision to rejoice in the midnight hour. And the things that happened to him happened, actually it turned out. Really, I'd say it turned out. Yeah, it turned out. See, it turned out. We've got to wait and see how things turn out. And it actually turned out, like I said, the thing that... That, 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 that locked him up was the thing that God was going to use to be a blessing to so many people. But it came down to what Paul was going to do in the midnight hour. Was he going to crab and complain or was he, was he going to rejoice and be glad? And all those bad things happened to him for the furtherance of the gospel. I'm going slow here because I really want you to think through this. What kind of things are you going through? That you could be grumbling and complaining about. But maybe if you just rejoice and be glad. God could turn some things around. And use those things for the furtherance of the gospel. To further the gospel and to be a blessing to you. Think about that. Notice in James chapter 1 verse 12. Paul was doing this. In that dungeon of that prison. And you can read what happened there. You can go over to Acts 16 sometime and read it. We'll get into that in the class on Wednesday night. But Because uh, the book of Acts tells us all the things that I just said to you. That's where I got it from. But look at James 1, 1 verse 2. James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all what? Or consider it all what? When... Everything's are going wonderful. Is that what the Bible said? When everything's are fantastic, when you just got a promotion on your job, when when the when the doctor's report came back wonderful. When does it say we're supposed to count it all joy? When you fall into various trials. And that takes faith. That takes faith. I said, that takes faith. And that's what Paul was doing in the dungeon, him and Silas. That's what they were doing. They made the decision by faith to count it all what? Joy. Remember faith, just, just to review, faith has nothing to do with the way the situation looks, the way it sounds, the way it feels. Which smells. Faith has nothing to do with the five physical senses. Faith has to do with what the Word of God says and whether or not you're going to believe it. Did you hear me? 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, how can a Christian have joy in the midnight hour when the circumstances are bad? Well, first of all, you need to realize, go to Galatians, the fifth chapter in the 22nd verse. You need to realize that joy is deposited inside of you when you get saved, when you receive Jesus as your Savior. That's when you get joy, when you get saved. Notice this, the fruit of the Spirit. This is actually talking about, how many of you know that the real you is a spirit being down on the inside of your body? Did you know that? You are a spirit, you possess a soul, that's your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in that physical body. Did you hear me? See, when, when you die, your spirit just comes out your body. If you know Jesus is your Savior, you go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. It's, is it that simple? It's that simple. But the real you is a spirit being. And when you repent of your sins and receive Jesus, you get what, what Jesus himself called born again. Realize say born again. You get born again. In a, in a moment's time, when you receive Jesus, you're, you're, the Holy Spirit moves you out of the kingdom of the devil and translates you over into the kingdom of God's dear Son, over into the kingdom of life. It happens faster than you can snap your finger, faster than you can blink your eye. And at that time, the Holy Spirit deposits on the inside of you nine fruit. Notice what they are. Love. What's the second one? Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. That, that happens when you get born again. Instantly you have these nine fruit deposited on the inside of you. And everybody that's saved, everybody that knows Jesus as their Savior, has the capacity to operate in love, to operate in joy, peace, and so on and so forth. We're centering in on joy this morning. So if you're born again, you have the capacity to have joy. You have the capacity to sing in the midnight hour. Why was Paul able to sing in the midnight hour after he'd been beaten up and locked up and put in the dungeon? Because he was born again, he had joy in his heart. Just like that song she sang, Joy in My Heart. You see, uh, and, and, and I'll just throw this in. You know, I've always found it real, real amazing and hard to believe. Somebody that really has joy. Now look up here. Look at me for just a second. Somebody that really has the joy of the Lord does not go around like this all the time. Huh? Somebody that has the joy of the Lord has a little skip in their step. And what do I say? Glide in their stride. Has some smile about them, some, 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 well, what does joy mean? Let me just, a cheerfulness, gladness, merry, cheerful. I don't know about you, but I like to be around a cheerful person. I like to be around somebody that's glad. I I like to be around somebody that's merry. Like Merry Christmas. I mean, I like to be around somebody that's, that's got some joy about him. How about you? And if you got joy, if you've really got some the, the joy of the Lord about you, you're not always going to go around with a frown. And is that right? I know it's. I know it's. I know it's. I know it's so. 
And when you fall into various trials and things aren't going good, whether it's in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, whatever the case, when things aren't going right, what are we supposed to do? Count it all? Joy. Joy. That's the very time. I mean, how many of you know? It, it, now, I feel, so, I, I feel sorry for you if when she's singing that song, if you can't clap and, and, and smile, it, I feel sorry for you. Because that's the easiest time that there ever would be to have joy. Did you hear what I just said? I said, when she's singing that song and the power of God's on her and she's singing, I got joy in my heart, joy in my soul and so on and so forth. I mean, if you can't, if you can't smile, you can't clap. You, if you can't do that in that hour, you've got a real problem coming when, when the bad uh, doctor's report comes or when they tell you you got five days and then you're, you're fired or you got six months to live. I mean, but, I mean, if you can't, if you can't have joy then, you're gonna be in real trouble if a bad report comes. Is that correct? But when the bad report comes, or whatever the case, what are we supposed to do? Count it all? Joy. In that hour, we're supposed to be cheerful. We're supposed to be glad. Merry. That takes faith, dear friends. This is something else that joy means. A calm delight. Real loud say calm delight. Calm delight. When you're in the midst of a bad situation, can you have a calm delight about you? When everybody's telling you, you ought to be, you ought to be crying, you ought to be angry, you ought to be up in arms, you ought to be calling a lawyer. (laughs) Can you be merry and have a calm delight? You see, what a lot of people don't realize, there's a difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. You need to realize this. A lot of folks don't realize this. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Now, I'm talking about the joy of the Lord now. The joy of the Lord and happiness are not the same, same thing. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. The Cardinals are winning. I'm happy they're losing i'm sad you know and we could go on and on if i get a raise at work i'm you know and if i get a if i get demoted i'm but you know what joy see happiness is a feeling based on circumstances joy is a fruit of the Spirit of God that's placed in your spirit when you get saved. And joy is based on the Word of God. The Word of God says, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Is that right? The Word of God says, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. The Word of God says, all my needs are met. Through His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Is that right? So I can have joy, the joy of the Lord, in the midst of any circumstance. Now, I might not be happy about what's going on, but happiness and the joy of the Lord are not the same thing. You can, have, you can always have the joy of the Lord, even when you have no reason to be happy. Paul and Silas had no reason to be happy in that prison, but yet... They yielded to the joy of the Lord. Did you get that? 
And it takes faith. You okay? Understand this. You can be joyful when there's no reason to be happy. Did you hear me? Now, why is joy so important? I'm going to go through these relatively quickly, but they'll flash them up on the screen. You can mark them down, look them up if you're quick enough in turning. Nehemiah 8 and 10. Now, many of you know, know these already, but repetition is a seed of learning, isn't it? Nehemiah 8 and 10. Look at the last part of that verse. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You think about that sometime. The joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. Your strength. We need the joy of the Lord. Well, we have it. It's on the inside of us. Why is joy so important? It's our what? It's our strength. Now, here's another one. Proverbs 17.22. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart... Or we could say a joyful heart, because joy and being merry is the same thing. A merry heart, a joyful heart, does good like a what? Like a medicine. If you need healing in your body, yield to the joy of the Lord. Did you hear me? A joyful heart does good like a what? Like a medicine. I know uh, there's one fellow that he was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, given very short time to live, and he went and he got him some Three Stooges. Now, and he didn't know the Lord now. How many knows the Three Stooges? Larry, Curly, Moe, Shemp. How many of them? There was more than three, but... <laughs> but he didn't even know the Lord, but he went and got him Three Stooges. Let's see, Larry, Moe, Curly, Shemp. Curly, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was my favorite one too. Oh, a wise guy, eh? So you didn't know I could do impressions. Go, go ahead. No, slap it. Wham! I'm supposed to hit you on top of the head. Remember that? Or here's my favorite one. Go ahead and uh, do that. <laughs> Haven't you all watched the Three Stooges? My Lord. You have no culture at all. I can't help you people if you've never watched the Three Stooges. But anyway, this guy, did, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he didn't know the Lord. But he went and got him some Three Stooges and just put them on and just start laughing. And he laughed and he laughed. and You know what? He laughed himself healed. Did you hear me? Now, if you can do now, if you can do that, not even knowing the Lord, how much more can you get the joy of the Lord flowing? And I'll show you how you do that here in a moment. How you get the joy of the Lord flowing? Now, I'll tell you right now, the joy of the Lord uh, doesn't come from the Three Stooges. But but I personally don't think the Lord is opposed to the Three Stooges. But that's my hey. The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, he said, you know. He said, uh, now the Lord's saying this, but then he said, now this isn't what the Lord's saying, this is my opinion, so I'm just giving you my opinion. Here's something else you could do. You could get some I Love Lucy. 
Now, how many of you have seen I Love Lucy? You lo- well, I love her. So there. So I like her more than you do. Yeah. How many lo- loves Lucy? Oh, I love Lucy. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Desi? I, de- I mean, Ricky? You know, Ricky and uh, Fred Nethel, they really helped Lucy out. She doesn't need much help, but they, boy, that, they had a good cast there, didn't they? I think God uh, wouldn't disapprove of you watching some I Love Lucy. Wouldn't that, isn't that better than being in the Mully Grubs? Now, the joy of the Lord doesn't come from the Three Stooges or Lucy or anything like that, but I, but I don't think that that would do you any harm to go watch some of those things, start laughing instead of thinking about the doctor's report all the time. Huh? But, but I'm not saying the joy of the Lord comes from Lucy or um, uh, Stooges or Abbott and Costello or any of that. We'll show you how you flow in the joy of the Lord here in just a moment. But uh, all I'm trying to say is if you can just on a natural level, if you can do those things and it can help you, how much more if you get, I'll show you how to get to, how many's interested in finding how, the, how to get the joy of the Lord flowing? You love Lucy, don't you? Yeah. Dorothy loves Lucy more than all of us. She's got, you've got a bunch of figurines and things over in her house. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. So a, joy, a merry heart does good like what? A medicine. Now again, let me tell you, it takes faith to laugh when they've given you six months to live. But if you flip that same coin around, think of it this way. What's the worst case scenario if you're a Christian? And you go to heaven and the Apostle Paul said that it's far better there than it is here. Once you, once, if you're a Christian, you die. Once you get up there, you don't want to come back here no more. I'll tell you for sure. But God wants you to live out your life. There's no reason in dying young, and there's surely no reason in dying sick. Did he just say that we don't have to be sick to die? Yeah, that's what I just said. You die in the will. If you die in the perfect will of God, you won't be sick when you die. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, lived to a ripe old age. He blessed his children. The Bible said, and he pulled his feet into bed and dismissed his spirit, and departed and went to paradise. That's how you die. I believe there's a. a, a man in the Old Testament, he prayed and he said that I may die the death of Jacob. That's what we all ought to be praying, that we may die the death of Jacob, Israel. Ripe old age, bless our children, pull our feet into bed and dismiss our spirit. That's how you die. You don't die with cancer eating your body up. Did you hear what I just said? But it takes faith to have joy when the circumstances... Are bad. So what does a merry heart do? It does good like a what? Does good like a what? Now, do you have that or not? Let's go to the next one. Psalm 105, 43. Psalm 105, 43. Look at this one. If you're in bondage, here's how you get out. God's people were in bondage. Psalm 105, 43. He's, the Bible says he brought out his people with what? With what? Yes, his chosen ones with gladness. 
So if you're in bondage and you want out, God will bring you out. But he's not going to bring you out in the mully grubs. He's going to bring you out with what? With joy and gladness. God is a joyful person. Did you know that? He's a joyful person. The Bible says that God sits in the heavens and laughs. (laughs) Glory to God. And you know what he's laughing at? He's laughing at all the people that said that they're going to get him and pull him down and do, you know, destroy him. And, and, and he, he sits in the heavens and what does he do? Laughs. laughs. If you want to run with God and walk with God, you better sharpen up your laughing a little bit. Because God is a joyful God. Oh, he is. Amen. You hadn't been to a party till you've been to one that God's thrown. Now look at this, Acts twenty twenty three. If you, how many of you want to finish your race for the Lord down here successfully? Well, this will tell you how to do it. Look at this, the Apostle Paul, that same man that was in that prison in Philippi in the midnight hour. Notice verse 23, except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't excite me at all, chains and tribulations. Would that excite you? But look, look at this man. This man had joy everywhere he went, even though the circumstances didn't always warrant it. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with what? Joy. The only way you're going to finish your race down here for the Lord successfully is you're going to have to do it with joy. With a skip in your step, with a glide in your stride, with a smile on your face. In the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now what you need to also know, so, so, so joy is our strength, our medicine, our way out of bondage, the way to finish our race for the Lord. Now you need to know this about joy. It can be more or less. I'm talking the joy of the Lord. It can be more or less. It's a fruit. Didn't we read that a while ago? It's a fruit of the Spirit. How many of you, have you ever raised any fruit? My wife, you've raised tomatoes. Is tomato a fruit or a vegetable? Okay, it's a fruit. All right, so it's a fruit. Now, if, if it doesn't get a lot of water, what's going to happen? The fruit is, they're going to what? They're going to shrivel up. But if you give them plenty of water, and then they'll thrive. Is that right? So you need to know that the joy of the Lord can be more or less. It can be full or it can be shriveled up. It's still there, but it, it can be on the inside of you, but, but, but be shriveled, so to speak. Let me, let me give you proof on that. Look at Joel 1, verse 12. Joel 1, verse 12. The book of Joel in the Old Testament, 1, verse 12. Notice what he says here. He says, The vine has dried up, the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Then he says this, Surely joy... Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Think about that. The joy of the Lord. I'm talking the joy of the Lord. It can be more full or it can be, even though it's still there in you, it can be what we say shriveled. I'm going to show you in a minute how to keep it full right before I close here in just a few minutes. Now look at Psalm 51, verse 12. Psalm 51, verse 12. Psalm 51, verse 12. How many has ever heard of King David? And, and how many of you know he's a man after God's own heart? He's the king of Israel, sweet psalmist of Israel. How many of you know he messed up, didn't he? 
He committed adultery. Is that right? He was a conspirator to murder and all of that. And when the prophet came over to his house and pointed out his sin, David went into repentance. And he makes a statement, Psalm 51:12. He says this to the Lord. He says, Restore to me. Now, notice he does not say, Restore to me my salvation. He didn't lose his salvation, but though he did some wrong things, but he repented. But what did he say? Restore to me the what? The joy of your salvation. So is it possible to have the joy of the Lord in you, all right, but it withers or it it becomes less? Or you can lose your joy, so to speak, even though it's still on the inside of you. How many has ever, quote unquote, lost their joy besides me? I don't mean that it wasn't on the inside, it's there, but it's withered. How many has your joy ever withered besides me? Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. He said, restore to me the joy. I don't know about you, but there's been some times where my joy has, the joy of the Lord on the inside, it's withered. Even though it's still there, but it's withered. It's just withered. How would you like to know, how many would like to know how to get it back? Let me show you as we close here. Go to 1 John chapter 1. How to keep your joy full. How to keep it from withering. I'll grab a hold of this. First John 1 John 1.4 And these things we write. Underline that word write. These things we write to you that your what? Joy may be full. How do you keep your joy full? The first way is through the written Word of God. 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 I want you to get this now. How do you keep the joy of the Lord full? Through the what? Through the written Word of God. Now let me ask you a question. We'll talk about my wife's tomatoes out there. If she just watered them right in the heat of summer, if she just gave them a glass full of water once a week, how far do you think that's going to go? And it's better than nothing, but it's, it's, they're still going to wither, aren't they? Is that right? Yes or no? It's no different with the joy of the Lord. You can't possibly maintain the joy of the Lord... By just reading the Bible a little bit when we turn here on Sunday morning. Thank God that's better than nothing. But you need to stay in it a little bit every day. Did you hear me? Read in the Word a little bit every day. People take their pills... A lot of times, some people take their pills three or four times a day. Is that right? What was the Spirit of God saying right at the end of the service last week? There's some folks in here needed to take three healing verses four times every four hours. Is that right? If you want the joy, if you want strength, how do you get strength? It's the joy of the Lord. And all that, we just read it. How do you keep the joy full? Through the written Word of God. Now, here's another way. 
Look at John 15, the Gospel of John 15, verse 11. John 15, verse 11. Jesus, our Lord, says, These things I have... What's that next word? Spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be what? Full. So the next way is, first way is the written word, another way is the spoken word, the spoken word, the spoken word, the spoken word. Right now, you're hearing the spoken word. I've taught the word of God to you today. We've turned to various scriptures. The spoken word. How does the joy of the Lord, how do you get it? You get it by getting born again. But how do you keep it full and fervent and alive and vibrant? You do it through the written word, by studying and reading the written word, and then by sitting under the spoken word. And I recommend not just listening to me on Sunday. Uh, Wednesday night, you've got an opportunity to come and sit under more of the spoken word, you see. This next, these next four Wednesday nights as we teach on Philippians, you see. And, uh, and, and, and there's other good ministers in the land that you can listen to. Did you hear me? Do you ever wonder why the devil comes to steal the word? He comes immediately to steal the word. Do you ever wonder why that is? Because the word of God is what produces the joy or keeps it full in your life. And if the devil can get the word, steal it from you, then he can get your joy. And if he's got your joy, you're finished. You're done. Did you hear me? So how do we keep the joy full? Through the what? Through the written word and through the spoken word. Through the what? Written word and through the... Wouldn't it be wonderful? I just feel like slapping him again. Wouldn't it just be wonderful if I could come... Now watch this. Wouldn't it just be wonderful if I could come over here... You want me to slap her? I better not. I'll slap you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if I could just come over here and slap him? And he just sort of... We've seen that over the years, haven't we? And... Days gone by, and people thought that was the joy of the Lord. Most of that's just a bunch of hilarity. The joy of the Lord doesn't come from me or any other minister coming over and slapping you or laying hands on you or praying over you. The joy of the Lord only comes one way it comes through the written word and the spoken word. Did you hear what I just said? Now, those of you who may not be familiar with what I just did there, but in days gone by, you'd have ministers walk around and slap people or take their suit coats off and slap people and people dance around and go. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that. There's a truth of the Spirit of God moving in that. Don't misunderstand me. You can get over into hilarity and craziness with it, and a lot of that did happen. But I'm here today to tell you that, and you see, people, look, you're going to have to pay a price to have the joy of the Lord in your life. And you can't just come to a service and have some minister lay hands on you or slap you or throw his coat on you or whatever and get the joy of the Lord. It doesn't come that way. The joy of the Lord comes through you get born again. It's deposited in you. And then how do you keep it full? You keep it full by what? The written word and the spoken word. And I tell you what, if you stay in the written word and the spoken word, bless God forevermore, that joy can bubble up in you. And I tell you, when the devil comes and and gives you a bad report or whatever the case, you can just spit right in his eyes, so to speak, and rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus, and he will flee. Can you say amen? amen? You hear me? 
And then one final thing, Psalm 1611. Notice this. Psalm 1611. I won't slap you now for a while. So you'll be fine. Look at this, Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. That's a good deal. In your, talking about in God's presence, there's what? There's fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures ever, forevermore. And at the right hand of God, of course, Jesus sits. But in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. How do you have joy to the full in your life? Through the written word, through the spoken word, and by getting in the presence of God. We're in the presence of God right now. The Bible says, Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. Can you say amen? amen. So we're in his presence right now. See? How does joy come? How does it come? It comes through the new birth. How do you keep it full? By the what? The written word, the spoken word, and through His presence. Say it again. Say written word, spoken word, and through His presence. Do you got that? You okay? The last verse, Psalm fifty-five, twelve. And here's how we're all going to go out of here today. It might take faith for some of us to do this. But we're going to do it nonetheless. Isaiah 55:12 says, "You shall go out with with what? With what? With joy." You know, that's really the way you ought to come in. Doesn't the Bible say, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord? So you ought to come in glad and go out with joy. Is that right? Come in glad and go out with I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And you come in glad and you go out with what? With joy. You go out with joy. That means we ought to go out with a skip in our step and glide in our stride, smile on our face. Is that right? Did you get anything out of this today? Yes. All right. Well, stand with me if you would, but don't unhook because we're going to do a couple of things here real quick. Most important thing, I want you to stand and bow your heads. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to do that. If you've never had joy deposited, I'm talking the joy of the Lord deposited on the inside of you, you need to get that before you leave here today. How do I get that? How do I do it, Pastor Terry? Tell me what to do. Well, as soon as we dismiss, all you've got to do is walk up here to the front. There'll be a, there's a fellow over here, a lady over here. Go to either one of them and say, hey, I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to receive Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I want to receive him. If you'll do that, just all you got to do, when we dismiss, just in minutes from now, walk up here to the front. Say, hey, introduce me to Jesus. They'll pray with you. They won't do anything to embarrass you. They'll just pray a very simple prayer with you. And if you pray it with a believing heart, Jesus will come into your heart. And when He comes, joy comes. You'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, but He'll make life worth living. 
And he'll give you joy. He'll give you a reason for living. So if you need to do that, as soon as we're dismissed here, you can come up and they'll be happy to pray with you to receive Jesus. Maybe you 